Gimel Marcheshvan Tafshin Ayin Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. from the uh, concert in the park, the final concert of Poogie in the Park. Opens things up here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome in, one and all, to this week's edition of the Israel Show. We are here live, as we are each and every Monday morning, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, around the world, wherever you are. 
When you're listening, that's the time we're on and on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and via the great Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available both for iPhone and for Android on their respective shops, stores, etc., etc. So uh, stay tuned with us and uh, tell your friends, download stuff from uh, the website, from the app, and listen to us whenever you like. We have great music, and we're going to update you about stuff going on in Israel as well. In fact, as we speak, the um, Knesset is uh, opening the winter session, and uh, there's always fireworks and excitement from there. If anything really special comes up and we see it, we will uh, share it with you. Parshat Noach was just read this uh, past Shabbat. Mati Kaspi has two Noach songs. That's interesting. I wonder what, what his connection with Noach is. Maybe he was a great uncle or something. This is called Preda Mitevat Noach, saying goodbye to the Ark and talks about Shnaim, Shnaim, Yordim, Hateva, all the different animals. Very cute words. Um, it's, it's sort of a kid's song but uh, lots of fun. We'll post the link to it on our Facebook page, as we do uh, every week, link to all the songs that we play, to their YouTube videos, so you can enjoy them whenever you want. Here is Mati Kaspi with Predamit Hevat Noach. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Kaspi, Noach. 
Off of the album Tzad Nosaf here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wangat, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have great music coming up. We have a debut of a brand new Mati Kaspi song. He's still producing stuff. It's pretty amazing. Been around for quite a while. Uh, hopefully we'll get to that. We have new music from um, quite a number of people. Let's see. Who else? Yochai Ben-Avi. Noah Kirill, which is not new. It's semi-new. And others. We'll share it with you as we get along. Uh, this morning, the Israeli Supreme Court gave its final ruling. This was the final appeal to the residents of the neighborhood of Netiv Ha'avot in the Gush Etzion area, in which the court ruled that the homes, the Jewish homes in Netiv Ha'avot must be destroyed. This brings back memories of, of numerous places, but specifically in our recent memory, Amona, which was in the Shomron, where a very similar thing happened. We discussed it then. We're going to just give you some background now. Netiv Ha'avot, Gush Etzion, which is a consensus area, I, there, I, I don't think there's um, maybe more than 2% of Israelis who believe that when any fi- if any final agreement is ever reached, that, um, that Gush Etzion would be included in what they would call the Palestinian areas. It's a very strategic area, and it was, it was land that belonged to Jews before 1948. The Kibbutz Kfar Etzion, Migdal Oz, all these places were bought by Jews, Jewish money, during the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and so forth. And Jewish Hit Yashvuyot, Jewish towns and kibbutzim were set up there. And in 1948, Israel lost those areas to the, uh, to the uh, Arab Legion, which was the Jordanian uh, army, basically. And after we came back in 67, the children of Kfar Etzion, led by Hanan Porat, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, they pushed and pushed and pushed to start a return to uh, Kfar Etzion. They ultimately were successful, thank God. Um, Netiv Ha'avot has some homes, a few homes, where there is some land. They call it tola'im. They look like, the, the, if you look at the land from above, the area that they're talking about looks like little worms, like little rectangles, long and narrow, that the ownership has not been proven to be general land, land not belonging to any particular Arab. And the Israeli radical left continues to pursue this agenda. They find parcels of land, even small little pieces of land that are in the middle of Jewish towns or Jewish neighborhoods. They take, they go to the court with somebody that might be a relative of um, an original landowner who happened to be given this land by the king of Jordan in order to find favor in his eyes and stuff like that. We don't even know if they purchased the land. And in most cases, none of these people have any interest in the land. They didn't even know it existed until these Israeli 
left-wing organizations like Yesh Din and others, Shalom Achshav and others, um, came to them and said, oh, come, let's uh, sue the Israeli government on your behalf. And of course, uh, the Arabs are nothing but excited to do that. In fact, there's one, one case which is so absurd in the Tivavot. There's a house which is over 100 square meters. The area in the house is over 100 square meters. It's pretty large. A half of a square meter on a porch is contested or unclear. So they said, we will knock down the porch. That's what the residents said. In fact, in this latest appeal to the high court in Israel, the residents in the Tivavot said, we will cut away the homes that are problematic or parts of the homes that are problematic. Let us stay here. We've established ourselves here. We've been here for, for close to two decades. Nobody's going to benefit from this land. Is the little pieces of, of land that runs across or through people's homes. Nobody's going to benefit from it. No, the high court refused to hear their claims and ruled. As I said this morning, this was the final appeal. I don't know that there's going to be any appeals after this. I, I, I doubt it. They gave them until May of 2018 to demolish the homes. And then we're going to go through a scene just like in Amona where the government's going to make all kinds of promises like they did in Amona to the residents. We'll give you alternative housing and so forth. And, and it doesn't happen. Then the media forgets about it because they don't care. They don't care about the quote-unquote settlers. Just the way they didn't care about those who were expelled from Aza, from Gush Katif, who were being tortured for years and years and years and years by the by the horrific handling, the bungling of their situation by the government. The media, who supposedly is liberal and who cares for others and who cares for the downtrodden, yeah, only if you're my downtrodden. I mean, we see this here in America right now also, how the media basically covers up everything until they have no choice. Everything that doesn't fit within their agenda and their narrative. They could make a relatively innocent person on the right look like a horrible criminal and a criminal who's on the left look like a wonderful, honest person. It's just very sad how we've been speaking about this for as long as we've been uh, uh, talking on the air. It's just pathetic that this is the society we live in, but we have to be aware of that. Anyway, I digress. So they were given until, I, I believe it's March or May, I don't remember, of 2018 to um, destroy the homes and relocate. They'll be promised, all kinds of promises, but at the end of the day, nothing's going to come of it. And that is the current story of Nativ Havot. That, it, it's the next in line. Now, the uh, Knesset tried to pass, or passed, I should say, the Chok Havara was a law that made it possible to deal with these situations in the future without having to um, destroy the homes. As of now, the um, Israel Supreme Court is ruling or is believed to be ruling that that law is not constitutional. There's no constitution in Israel, but, you know, they they basically say it it, it goes against um, certain basic laws. 
and the government has to defend it, that, that's another fight that's going to happen. I don't know where that's going to go. We, of course, will keep you uh, updated as, uh, as we go along. So, unfortunately, yes, we will see yet again towns, neighborhoods, homes, Jewish homes, be destroyed in the land of Israel. But unlike the rest of Jewish history, where it was the other nations that were doing the destruction, now it's our own hands that are doing this destruction. A song by Yochai Ben Avi, one of the uh, newer voices on the Israeli scene, an observant young man who uh, has put out some really cool music. This one is called Chitam um, and it's based on a parable by Reb Nachman of Breslov about a king and his advisor who are sane, but they live in a, sur- a surroundings where everybody else is insane because of the wheat. And the only way to survive is to eat the wheat, and the wheat makes you insane. So what they decided to do is, they had no choice, they had to eat the wheat, otherwise they would die. So they said, we're going to put, each one of us, the king and his advisor, will make a mark on the other's forehead to remind us, when we see the mark, we'll remember that we are the ones who are sane and everybody else is insane. Sometimes we feel like that, right? We feel like we live in a world where everybody around us is insane and we have to remind ourselves that we're the sane ones. So uh, the words are by um, Yochai Ben-Avi based on that story. Kol HaMedina Meshuga'at is the name of this one. Be posting a link to the Facebook, uh, to, I'm sorry, to the um, YouTube video of the song on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, at some point after the show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Shovrin libo shel adam Kharafot u Shovrin libo shel adam Kharafot u Shovrin libo shel adam Kharafot u Shovrin libo shel adam ותיקונו על ידי שמקשר את ליבו ותיקונו על ידי שמקשר את ליבו ותיקונו על ידי שמקשר את ליבו או אליה הנקודה הנקודה שייך לליבו השייך ללבו בעת הזאת 
That was not exactly the song we said we were going to play. It was a different song by Yochai Ben-Avi, also based on words of Rav Nachman of Breslov. These were actually the words of Rav Nachman of Breslov. This one's called Hanikudan. It just came out this week, so uh, we're debuting it here. The Kol Hamidina Meshugat, or Chitam Meshugat, the crazy wheat, uh, we'll have to play it at a different time because I uh, have the file somewhere, but I mislabeled it and so forth and so on. It doesn't matter. You don't need to know all the back story of it, but I don't want to bother you with that. But um, that was Hanikuda. Harafot uvizionot shovrimla libo shel adam. Vatikun hu al yudeshim kasheret libo la hanikuda hashayach libo ba'it hazot. Al yudezenit batela cherpa hashora al libo. I could translate the words, but I don't understand the concept. Try and look it up and find out what it means. We will put a link up to this song as well on our 
Facebook page. Listener Moshe Eisenberg comments very often and uh, almost always very much on the point. Points out that the high court in Israel, unlike the high court in America, is is um, very left leaning and continues to say stay so because of the system in place of uh, appointing new judges. Basically, in order to become a judge on the high court Supreme Court in Israel, you have to be appointed by the previous judges. Means it's you'll excuse me for saying so. It's sort of. Let me make it clear. I'm not saying it's a mafia, but it's sort of a mafia. You can't get in unless you're part of the gang, part of the clique. And, of course, they're going to make sure that uh, it stays as uh, close to their political and activist thoughts, policies, ideology as possible. So... Unlike in the United States, where the president appoints the Supreme Court justices, and then depending on who's elected, so you have some Republicans, some Democrats, and things, there, there, there's more than one voice on the court in Israel. It's very, very hard. In fact, one of the things that Justice Minister Ayala Shaked from the Bayit HaYehudi is trying to do as the Minister of Justice is to change the system and to allow more center, right to center judges in. We spoke about it several months ago when um, when she was able to get in three judges, which we hope would be a more um, stabilizing, if you will, or, or counterbalance to the current uh, Supreme Court. We will see what happens with that. But in the meantime, yes, the Supreme Court in Israel, unfortunately, not only is it is it filled um, by people that are leaning left in their ideology and leaning toward a more activist court in their ideology, they've basically put themselves above the elected Knesset and government and allow themselves to go ahead and make up stuff and say, well, this law that the, uh, that the Knesset passed isn't, it, it, no, it, it goes against uh, our idea of what should be correct and not. And this goes on and on, law after law after law, that the Supreme Court, filled with people that no one elected, um, just wipes out laws that the Knesset, who was elected, passes. So it's it's a little... A little frightening, and hopefully after uh, some, what, 30 years that the Likud is in power, at least, hopefully they will um, wake up. Right? We hope. So, um, the president of Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic, I guess you would call it, right, Uh, recently appeared before a um, the European Parliament. And a British member of the European Parliament tried to trip him up and asked him, what do you think needs to be done so that there could be more movement towards peace in the Middle East? And then the president of the Czech Republic, the president got up and made a speech which is un 
believable. So I'm going to play that for you. And um, what, what's interesting is that we wouldn't think of Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic, whatever, as being a very pro-Israel country. After you hear this, we'll share with you some of the background history on Israel and Czechoslovakia back in the early days of the state. So there's the questioner from Britain and then the answer of the um, president, Milos Zaman. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. What can you do and what can we do to bring peace to the Middle East? My response will be probably deep disappointment for you. I am the friend of Israel, deep friend of Israel. And that's why I think that the peace in the Middle East is to be be based preliminary in the safety of Israel. And uh, I know the history of all wars starting in 1948, and every war was victorious for Israel, but being defeated, it would mean the end of this state, the Jewish state. And I think, unfortunately, that in some countries or movements, let us mention Hezbollah, Hamas, and others, is there survives, survives the tendency to diminish Israel, to destroy Israel. And what to do in order to have the peace in the Middle East? to disarm the terroristic organizations and, first of all, Hamas and Hezbollah. I love it. <laughs> so he ends, He starts off by saying, I think you're going to be disappointed with my answer because, you know, it's, it's not chic, it's not PC in Europe to be pro-Israel. And then he says, basically, whatever peace it is, it has to accommodate Israel and what Israel's needs are. And uh, and let's start by disarming Hamas and Hezbollah. I love it. So if if you're surprised, I'm going to remind you about something. Those who lived through it might remember. When the state was created or about to be created after the UN partition vote in uh, November of uh, 1947, The United States basically put an arms embargo on the whole area, meaning America supported Israel in the UN vote, but refused to send weapons, which was shocking and very disturbing because Israel didn't have very many weapons. Israel didn't have planes. That was a big deal. And so it turns out that they tried to buy the needed weapons, guns, rifles, airplanes, whatever they could get their hands on 
from different countries around the world, and they were basically given the cold shoulder time after time after time. Until Czechoslovakia. Between June 47 and October of 1949, the Jewish agency, the Israeli government, whatever, made weapons purchases in Czechoslovakia and it was those weapons that really helped Israel win the war. God has his own incredible ways of, uh, of coming through with miracles that you would never imagine. Would you never imagine that Czechoslovakia, of all places, would sell arms to uh, Israel in 1948 as it's surrounded by all the Arab countries? 25 Avia S-199 fighter planes can only imagine how pathetic those were. And 61 Supermarine Spitfires. The Spitfires, I know, were an important part of the Israeli Air Force at the time. According to some, it was very simple. They needed money, <laughs> and Israel was paying. They didn't care. But as far as we're concerned, um, as far as we're concerned, we don't really care why. What we do care is that it happened, and it did. And so we thank, uh, you know, we, we use the opportunity to thank for the past and for the present the Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia, for their support of, uh, of the state of Israel. Uh, an old song written by Danny Sanderson, it's a Hadoda Vehadod, tells a very cute story. It was a big hit back in the day um, of, uh, you know, the aunt and the uncle are going out and they give the young niece the keys to the house, or nephew, the keys to the house, and say, you know, take care of it, you know, house sit for us, and then there's huge parties going on, and they basically ruin the house, and um, very cute, very funny, the the punchline I'll leave out, because in case you want to hear the song and understand the words, it was recently redone as a commercial uh, on Israeli television, and uh, it was so good, the cover of the song, the remake of the song, that it became a, a hit. It's done by Noah Carell and Agam Buchbud. It's a Hadoda Vehadod. Danny Sanderson composed, Danny Sanderson, of course, of uh, of Pugi fame, of of Doda fame, of Gazos fame, one of the more brilliant composers and, and lyricists in Israel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Good day. 
remake of Etzel Hadoda Vahadod. The the punchline at the end is that when the uh, uncle and aunt come back to the house and the place is wrecked, totally trashed, they say, well, why do we really care? Because it happens to be that they're not my aunt and uncle. (laughs) And I hope you enjoy that. We'll post a link to the song the YouTube of the song. So, um, as promised, we're going to talk a little bit about this new member of Knesset, which, um, whose name came up this week because she went with the Knesset, um, with a group of Knesset members to Europe to appear at the um, International Parliamentarians Union. Um, her name is Sharin, or Sharon Haskell. He was born in Canada, came to Israel at the age of one, grew up in uh, Petah Tikva, I believe, active, she grew up in Kfar Saba, I'm sorry, active in uh, her school or her high school, served in the Israel Defense Forces in Magav, in Mishmar Gvul, during the uh, Second Intifada period. And she got in on a lark. She was number 31 in the Likud. Nobody ever thought that uh, they'd they'd ever get anywhere even close. And um, they got 30 seats. Dani Dayan was appointed uh, to the UN to be the UN ambassador. And so she she was next online and she got in. She's uh, very well spoken, I must say. I heard... uh, one or two of her speeches. She's fluent in English, fluent in Hebrew, and in French. She does have a very liberal um, stance politically, it would seem to me. But she's a member of the Likud. There are liberal members in the Likud, but she, she seems to, to, to tilt a little bit to the left on uh, on certain issues. But I think that as an advocate for Israel... She's a, a very good spokesperson. So at this meeting of the uh, International Parliamentarians Union, whatever it's called, she was given something like three minutes to speak or four minutes to speak. And she had a great speech ready in which she was basically saying, you know what, you guys are just busy condemning Israel. But the truth is that you all are the are the worst in human rights around the world and she mentions pakistan and syria and iran now it's going to be hard to hear her words i'll give you an idea of what she's saying hopefully you'll make it out and as she reaches every time she reaches in her in her words she reaches a point where she's criticizing the arab world all the 
the majority, overwhelming majority, there are Arabs bang and make noise and you know bang on the tables and bang with their feet. It's like like uh, like the like uh, Haman in the Megillah, so that nobody could hear her. And she insisted on continuing. She didn't back down. She continued, she continued, she continued. And then they say, uh, okay, your time is up. She says, no, my time isn't up. I still have two more minutes. And she's insistent that they let her continue to speak. And she sa- and they say no, and they shut her down. And the Israeli delegation gets up and leaves. Now, that's the whole backstory. Um, she says, I don't know if this is a bad joke. Countries like Pakistan, Syria, Iran are going to tell us what it means to preserve human rights. I don't know whether I should laugh or I should cry. And they start banging, banging, banging. The cause of this organization is to preserve democracy and to create cooperation between countries. Just to let you know, in the Palestinian territories, during the last 10 years, there were no elections. Is that a democracy? What kind of representatives are they for their public if they haven't gone to uh, elections in over 10 years? And she continues, Israel is the only true democracy in the Middle East, and of course there's banging, banging. And in the Human Rights Commission, Israel is the only one that is consistently attacked. Is this not absurd? Is this not hypocrisy? Israel is the only one that affords equal rights for to all its citizens, whether they are Jews or Christians or Muslims, Druze, Bedouin, Cherkess, Kurds, or anyone else, and they're banging away. And then she says, I feel sorry for the Palestinian people. I feel, I feel sorry that their representatives are abusing their power. They're stealing their money. And instead of investing the money in education, schools, infrastructure, they invested instead in terrorism. And there you go again, the banging, the banging. And then they stop her. They've had enough. They, they can't take... They can't handle the truth. And she says, I have two minutes. No, doesn't help. So hopefully you'll get the, f- I- I- even if you don't hear every word, I, I just read to you basically the um, transcript as I as I got it from the audio. And uh, even if you don't get every word, but you'll get the gist of what's going on there with her just tra- talking truth to power and, and the rest of them just shutting her down, not letting her, not letting her talk. This is Sharon Haskell of the Likud, the youngest member of the parliament from the Likud and the second youngest member of the Israeli parliament in general. Thank you. 
That's the last thing you hear her saying is, I'm sorry, I have two more minutes. But that didn't really help her. They shut her down. There are a few seconds that you can actually hear her saying anything. And just as she says anything of of substance, (laughs) bang, 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 bang. It is pathetic that this is the, the international world that we live in. It is so pathetic. Um, so kudos to her, Shireen Haskell. Don't know what uh, sh- what it means for her um, to be uh, a legislator on other issues, but as a spokesperson, uh, she she's good, and I give her credit. She did spend a number of years studying. She's a veterinarian, um, a nurse, a veterinarian nurse. She studied that in Australia. So that's, um, her English is from there, also probably because her parents are, uh, were lived in Canada for a while, plus she has a degree in political science, international relations, from the Open University in Israel, where she was active in the debate team. <laughs> and she won Israel's national champion debate for juniors, which is... Um, tells you a little bit about her ability to stand up to some of the uh, garbage that is out there. Uh, as promised, something new, brand new, just released from Mati Kaspi, iconic in Israel, Kemo Birikud. Hope you enjoy that. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
the great Monty Cosby, brand new. Brand new music, we bring it to you all the time. I think this debuted um, yesterday or today. And it's called Kemo Birikud, like in a dance. Um, as we mentioned to you, those listening live, uh, the uh, Knesset session is opening. It is always a fun uh, time because the Prime Minister gives a usually very polemic speech, and then the head of the opposition comes up and gives a speech. Prime Minister Netanyahu is speaking now. Uh, in the few seconds that I had to, to tune in, he was talking about how he saw ahead and went to the Congress and spoke against the uh, the Iran deal, and he was quoting others who said, you know, what a stupid thing it is, but in fact, he says, look now how right I am, or how right I was, something that we said on the, the uh, right here on the air a little while ago, a few weeks ago. A um, couple of nice things from Israel. This week, the IDF inducted 300 new soldiers. What's interesting about it is that they are autistic. And uh, the IDF has found ways to um, bring them in and have them serve in a meaningful way. And I got to say that's to their credit because their families really wanted them to serve. And in Israel, serving in the army for most people is a tremendous privilege and uh, not serving is somewhat of a of a busha you know an embarrassment that you didn't serve and here these kids that are special needs kids wanted to be able to serve and call a vote to the IDF that they found a way for them to do so uh, Nilly Block uh, I know that uh, I've been following her many others have she's um, a young traditional uh, Jew made Aliyah from the States, lives in Yerushalayim. And uh, Mattis Weingast on his uh, JM Sunday show has had her on a few times for an interview. She is a kickboxer, Mai Tai, um, um, which is a form of um, martial arts and kickboxing. She is, she has been the world champion, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. The Jews are getting strong somehow. Um... Yesterday, she won first place in the European competition, and she continues in her winning ways from Azaltov to her. That's uh, always nice news. Um, and let's also remember that on October 16th, 1986, that was last week, but didn't have a chance to um, mention it last week, October 16th, 1986, 31 years ago, Ron Arad went on his mission from which he did not return piloted, he was navigator, I think, of, of uh, a fighter plane into Lebanon, was shot down. He was taken prisoner and has uh, never been, well, hardly been heard from, but hasn't been heard from in, in decades. We don't know if he's alive or not, but we always pray that he would be, that he is, and that will eventually be able to be reunited with his wife and child, Tommy. Uh, his wife, Tommy, and his child, um, the daughter, Yuval who was a small little baby, 31 years ago, October 16, 1986. Well, we're going to close out with another Noah song. This is Aaron Razel with Tzemin HaTeva. 
God commands Noah to leave the ark, which is interesting in and of itself. You ever ask yourself, why does God have to tell him to get out? Get out. I mean, wouldn't he want to get out after being stuck in that? Uh, I mean, look at when the aircraft lands. Everybody's jumping out of their seats trying to get out, even before the seatbelt sign is off. And here the Teva is already sitting on the mountain. The, uh, the water has receded, and uh, they don't want to get out. That's some food for thought. Many have discussed it in the past. Semenat Teva, Aaron Razel. We're going to close out with that. Not before we say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock. With after further review, a new show covering the latest in the world of sports. And boy, Yankees and Astros. Um, when was it? Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat. He will have lots to tell you about, especially being that he is from Houston. After that, the great Monday Music Marathon carries you through the day. Until next Monday, immediately following J.M. and Dame, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no, they're just running in a different race. Say me not to